Happy Tuesday, film nuts all over the movie planet. I'm Joe Sarah, and you are listening to the Movie Planet Review Show. Today's movie being reviewed is 1991's Point Break. With Joe. I know. This is where you tell me all about how locals rule and yuppie insects like me shouldn't be surfing the break and all that, right? JC. Nope. That would be a waste of time. <laughs> and Joel. All right, well, welcome to the Movie Planet. <laughs> Those are three scenes I don't even associate with this movie. Are you serious? Until we get to my bottom three. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the shooting in the sky? Eh, that one's, yeah, I mean, that's okay. Yeah. I think of um, when Dr. Cox is talking to Utah when he first meets him, when uh, Gary Busey yells, Utah, give me two, and uh, Vaya con Dios. Vaya con Dios, yes. Uh, well, wait. Joining me is the Johnny Utah and Pappas oh. to my Bodie. Dibs on Pappas. JC and Joel. Hello. You like we the are. meatball subs. We are here. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of us, you can email me at movieplanetpodcast@gmail.com. We're also on Facebook at slash movieplanetpod, Twitter and Instagram at the same address at movieplanetpod. Now it is Tuesday, July tenth, and the following movies premiered. They premiered on this date. That means that they didn't come out in wide release. This is the first time they ever hit a theater. We had The Fox and the Hound in 1981. We had Time Bandits in 1981. We had Point Break in 91. Regarding Henry in 91, and Cool World in 94. Now, of these five movies, I would say that the most impactful and entertaining is Point Break. I would agree. Yeah. There are so many pop culture references to this movie in today's entertainment. It has turned into an action classic. But is it really worth your time? Yes. We're going to find out. Yes, the, the answer is <laughs> It just is. Yes. It just is. Yes. <laughs> I will say The Fox and the Hound was one of my... I, you know, like every child has a staple that like their parent turns on when... Yeah. I don't know, like on you know, a random day. I think I probably watched through our entire Fox and the Hound cassette probably a hundred times. <laughs> but I also, to this day, like can't remember anything about it, except for it's like pretty sad. Yeah, well, I can't remember the ending of that movie. Yeah, it's because it was sad. Like As a child, you see, you're like, I don't want to remember this, and you just repress it. Like, what was the ending of that movie? I don't know. Like, someone gets shot? <laughs> that, was the, that was the way of Disney before 1980, right? Oh, wait, it was... Did someone die? No, remember the Hound's owner was hunting the fox and yeah. the hound gets in front of the fox to protect the fox. Uh, yeah. Isn't that what happens? JC? Yeah. Yes. And All that right. was our review on uh, Fox and the Hound. There you go. Thanks. I'll uh, tune in next week. <laughs> now on this show, we will be keeping track of all the movies worth your time in our Movie Planet Preserve. This is a continuation of what we did on a previous podcast called The Movie Playground. What, what? Where movies uh, are compared to others in their genre. Now we're in the action movie Genre here, we got Die Hard at number one, Die Hard with a Vengeance, number two. <laughs> <laughs> number three is Live for Your Die Hard. Number four is Die Hard 2. And number five, we had Point Break in 2015. That's when the boy and I did. Yeah, tell me about number six. Number six, <laughs> a good day to die hard. Yeah, I, do you want to explain to everybody why those are the only movies that you have, or do you just want to let them believe that you have a weird the like, reason, die hard fetish? The reason why is because when we first did this, we decided that when we were going to do a movie within a franchise, we had to do all the movies in the franchise. 
Only I, it, it just seemed fair that way. Yeah. That being said, if you ever get into a franchise that's like Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th that has 400 sequels, we're not doing that. Yeah. But we should be clear, there is a term that we have used on here, which is the F-15 moment. And uh, what was the F-15? The F-15 again? moment was in Live Free or Die Hard. And it's when Bruce Willis jumps on the F-15. And that's when you sit there going, nope, I'm out. <laughs> JC, I, I, just do, I, I, I just now remember. <laughs> and it was one of those, like, I remember checking out, but I also remember being like, okay, it's not realistic, but it was fun to watch. <laughs> that's but it was really good to watch. How many times is that going to happen in uh, Skyscraper? Oh. Dude, I've heard... so. Uh, so the thing that I have to do later on Xbox that you guys are going to laugh at me for because, <laughs> you know, it's time-gated and everything. Um, some of the guys that I play with on that game actually have already seen Skyscraper. And, dude, they literally spent last night and even more this morning just, like, singing its praises. But they also loved Rampage, and they apparently, like, Dwayne the Rock Johnson can do no wrong in any movie. Well, so uh, I was listening to a bunch of, like, rock homeboys, but they loved uh, skyscraper. Apparently, like, it was a really good movie. I don't think that The Rock can do any wrong, but the movies <laughs> themselves can be total garbage. <laughs> yes, he makes good movies better and terrible movies watchable. He is the lipstick on the pig. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, but I, I'm not gonna lie. They literally spent about. 20 minutes to a half an hour talking about how amazing Rampage was and they're ticked <laughs> that like they're not going to make another one and all this stuff. Did and the whole all... time in the back of my head, I'm like, I didn't see it, but I'm like, Joel hated it. I remember Joel hated it. Did I hate it? it? I, oh, I thought maybe, so then maybe did I was misremembering. We, we saw it, to, Joe and I saw it together. I remember, <laughs> no, I remember enjoying my time, but like knowing that it was a garbage film. Yes. Um, not it, that this has anything to it do was with a Point bad, Break. <laughs> it was a bad movie that was fun to watch. Yes. Bad movie, fun to watch. JC? There are no good, bad movies. <laughs> the movie's either good or it's bad. That is not true. It, it is true. Let's talk about one. All right. <laughs> yeah, see, I like this movie. I, I don't think he's talking about this movie specifically. <laughs> oh, sure I am. Oh, here we go. Really? Oh, I have a the I'm Patrick a, Swayze boy is gonna bash. I, I may be in the middle of this. Look at you jump to conclusions. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> it's a jump to conclusions, Matt. You jump to, to, to a conclusion. <laughs> Too bad I can't surf. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna give this a grade. The higher the grade we give it, the longer it may be staying there. Now it's gonna get in there anyway. It's just a matter of a, where it's gonna land in here. Will it tie die hard with an A? No. <laughs> Gosh, Will I it wish. be as bad as a good day to die hard? No. I don't think it could be that bad. Wait, is a good day to die hard the worst of the diehards? Yes, it is. How did it get? How is it worse than three, or was it two? Go back and uh, listen to the old podcasts. Die, die Hard Two was a D plus. A good day to die hard was a D minus. Man, I feel like I've like mellowed because like <laughs> a lot of these were like the the ones we did long ago. Because you had said about me and Jurassic Park three, and I went back and listened. And I'm not gonna lie, at times I was an asshole. <laughs> Sorry, beep. I was a beep beep. I was a beep a beep beep a beep. But I was. I'm like, who is this arrogant jerk that suddenly <laughs> thinks he's holier than thou? You had really really good points. You had no, really good points there. Yes, you. I did. was being a judgmental 
eat that's it. The, that's what we do here. We're judgmental. <laughs> We're supposed to be it. And good at it. Well, this is a, I'm spo- not. This is a spoiler-rich podcast. If you haven't seen 1991's Point Break, it's best if you stop right what here. What is wrong with you? They what? didn't have cable during rain delays during Braves games growing yeah, up. Yeah, seriously. Apparently. How did you not see it? <laughs> I didn't even realize there was a, a TV version and a real version, oh which gosh. I will talk about later. Oh, I cannot wait to hear this. This is the best. But uh, hey, now that we've handled the business, let's get down to business. This week, we're discussing 1991's Point Break, a movie made for $24 million that brought in $43 million domestically and 40 internationally. So a good $83 million in 1991 dollars. And when Joel comes back from getting a beer or whatever it is, he can be our box office mojo, figure out the inflation as to what it actually is. Yeah, I'm on it. I know you are. <laughs> uh, this movie was directed by Catherine Bigelow uh, and written by W. Peter Illiff and an uncredited James Cameron. Uh, oh, why'd James, you have to tell me that? I think, no, no, no. He's he's credited in the very beginning, isn't he? No. Is he not credited? Mm. Oh, well, he's uncredited on IMDb. Okay. Yeah. I think... Because I did see his name on there somewhere. Because I bought... I have the Blu-ray. Because he was an executive producer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe that was, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, this was Catherine Bigelow's highest grossing film until Zero Dark Thirty. Man, that's also a great movie. It's a great movie, but you don't need to watch it more than once. It's a one-timer. It is de- it's like Passion of the Christ. Now, Good movie. Yeah. You watch it once, and then you're done. You, know, you don't I, need to watch it. I again. will disagree. You watch it once, and then you find out that Chris Pratt and Joel Egerton are in it, and then you go back to watch it again to realize, like, oh, these guys actually did something with their lives. <laughs> you know, I was thinking you were talking about Passion of the Christ when you said, and then Chris Pratt and Joel Egerton was like, where was Chris Pratt in Christland? <laughs> You've, we watched different films. <laughs> He was Pontius Pilate. Okay, starring Keanu Reeves as FBI agent Johnny Utah. Funny story, Matthew Broderick was originally offered the role of Johnny Utah. That, no, that would have been horrible. What about Johnny Depp? Keanu, De- Keanu Johnny- Reeves makes this movie. Uh, Johnny Depp or Charlie Sheen? No, no. Willem Dafoe turned down the role. Idiot. Thank God. <laughs> no, seriously. This movie is made by Keanu Reeves. Whoa. This was Ke- you joke, and yes, it's all cheesy now. But the problem is, is you have to create context, and this is what made Keanu Reeves awesome. Problem is, is what he played in this movie. He then played in every movie after that. You can't blame <laughs> that because this was the original. So he was great in this. He was just Johnny Utah in every other bleep bleep movie. It's all part of the plan. <laughs> okay, Patrick Swayze is Bodie. Yeah, also good. Uh, Gary Busey is FBI agent Angelo Pappas before he went crazy. Not crazy. I was gonna say Gary Busey like was normal. Yeah, I think this was before. Yeah. This was before the motorcycle accident. I think. Yep. Uh, Lori Petty is Tyler Endicott. John C. McGinley is that the hot surfer chick? It's the only surfer chick. <laughs> well, I was just no. There were like other surfer chicks, but I didn't recognize. She was the short haired one. Thank you. Yes, she was a league of their own. <laughs> John C. McGinley as uh, FBI Director Ben Harp, who you probably know from Scrubs, as uh, Dr. Cox. Thank you. Cox. And nice. Red Hot Chili Pepper, Anthony Kiedis as Tone. Get it? Because he's in a band. Tone? Get it? That's a joke. No? Oh, That's a joke yeah. I would have made. <laughs> but one that... And I thought my jokes were bad. So <laughs> the money that it would have made... Today, yeah, would have so forty three million is eighty three million because it's forty three domestic, forty international. Oh, one second. 
Um, eighty three. You said eighty three million in nineteen ninety one. So what's eighty three million in nineteen ninety one? One hundred and fifty one point six million dollars. That ain't bad. That's not bad for an action movie at all. No, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Although uh, apparently that's horrible for Solo. It, it was a good movie. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it. You'll notice, everyone, <laughs> we have not done a solo show. <laughs> uh, according to the top critics at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter reading of 33%. Idiots. Three fresh reviews and six rotten. Furthermore, proof that t- the tomato meter is BS and don't ever listen to it or use it for it's a anything. Fraud. The critics if on there average- there is one thing I can teach you from this podcast <laughs> is tell Rotten Tomatoes to go bleep, a bleep, 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 bleep themselves. <laughs> they gave it a 4.8 out of 10 on average, and but the audience, the people have spoken, and they gave it a 3.4 out of 5 with 79% agreeing it's a 3 or higher. See? Who's right? 73%. Exactly. <laughs> it's 79. All right, well, let's get in the making of this movie. Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies. I make films. All right. <clears throat> so the producers of this movie, Peter the producers of this movie, Peter Abrams and Robert Levy, have a screenplay in their hand. They're sitting there and originally had planned on having Ridley Scott direct the film. However, Scott said no, and Catherine Bigelow got her shot after doing a movie titled Blue Steel, uh, I believe with Jamie Lee Curtis. How did she get her shot? Well, she was kind of married to a guy named James Cameron, who was the executive producer of this thing. So I bet that helped. That being said... She did, she did well with this movie in one of her, direct, one of her directorial debuts. Uh, at the time, the movie was titled Johnny Utah, but the producers didn't like the name because it had nothing to do with surfing. <laughs> That's fair. Then they went with Riders uh, uh, on the Storm after the Doors song, but the lyrics had nothing to do with surfing. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't title the movie Point Break until halfway through filming the movie, which is funny because halfway through the movie is when you actually hear the words Point Break. There yeah. you go. There Got you go. A uh, little trivia. The nighttime surfing scenes were filmed during the day, uh, huh. which do the difficulty in filming and completed later with visual effects, making it appear as though it's nighttime. If you watch during the scene, you can see the actors and actresses shadows on the water as a little oh, lens flare right. caused by the sun. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, the members of the ex-presidents are killed in chronological order of when their respective presidents served in office. Spoiler alert. Wait, the presidents die? The ex-presidents. In the movie. <laughs> okay. When, jo- <laughs> when Johnny Utah is listing the places he followed Bodie to, he says Bodie had lunch at Patrick's Roadhouse. Patrick Swayze was I've, the lead in the film Roadhouse. <laughs> I haven't caught that. I've never seen that movie. Oh, it's great. I've never seen Roadhouse. Oh, it is phenomenal. That may just be a, hey, let's all get together and just watch a movie. Yeah, I'll do that yep. tonight. I've actually <laughs> never seen Roadhouse. I watched Point Break and Roadhouse both this week. Did you really? Yeah, because you can't like once you see Roadhouse, you can't watch Point Break and then settle for that as your Patrick Swayze fix. <laughs> because this is so much more like JC's been saying, like this is more of a Keanu Reeves movie than anything. Yes. Yeah. One. Yeah. It is. Yeah. The ultimate rush. There's nothing that comes close to it. Not even sex. <laughs> We are the ex-president. Total commitment. It's a real 
thin line between life and death. I'm not a crook. Not tragic to die doing what you love. If you want the ultimate, you gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, and please don't forget the boat. You want to nail the bank robbers and be a big hero? Definitely. The ex-presidents are surfers. You're trying to tell me the FBI is going to pay me to learn to surf. Fear causes hesitation. Hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. They'll take you to the edge. Past it. This is going to be a great day, Johnny. The taxpayers of Lancet, Utah, they knew that they were paying a federal agent to surf and pick up girls. Babes. Big one. The correct term is babes, sir. All right. A little synopsis of this bad boy. Former Ohio State Buckeyes quarterback, boo, and rookie FBI agent Johnny Utah is assigned to assist experienced agent and veteran Angelo Pappas in investigating a string of bank robberies by the ex-presidents, a gang of robbers who wear face masks depicting former U.S. presidents Ronald Reagan, Richard Nixon, Lyndon B. Johnson, and Jimmy Carter to disguise their true identities. They raid only the cash drawers in the banks that they rob, never going for the vault, and are out within 90 seconds. Some quarterback punk Johnny Unitas. <laughs> I do like the fact that they're diving for bricks. And he's like, I've been doing this for 22 years. I've never had to worry about having to dive for yeah. a brick. <laughs> I still don't understand what diving for bricks has to do with me catching bad guys. And then he just like can openers. In the <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, yeah. When you meet Angelo Pappas, love him. It is a great opening. It's a good opening. It's, it's one of the better like cop openings or first time you meet a cop in a movie scene. Yes, it is. But there's also a scene that has before this, and that is it's juxtaposed with Keanu Reeves on a shooting range and the ex-president's robbing a bank. And I don't know. Did they reuse some of the footage? Because it looked like he shot the same thing like four times in a row. Oh, I'm sure they did. Probably. <laughs> That's a, they're on a budget, I guess. He's a hell of a shot. Yeah, yeah, rolling around in the rain. Yeah. A little thumbs up, chewing his gum. <laughs> 100% Utah. Yeah. <laughs> you almost need like the Mentos commercial then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pursuing pa Now, Pappas has a theory, and his theory is something that the FBI agents all laugh at, which I can't believe that they would actually be doing because it seems like he's the only one that has a theory as to what's going on here. Yeah. Like maybe pursue this thing instead of laughing at him. Uh, pursuing Pappas' theory that the criminals are surfers because he sees a tan line on one of their asses, Utah goes undercover to infiltrate the surfing community. He fabricates a personal family tragedy in order to persuade orphaned surfer Tyler Endicott to teach him to surf after she had saved him from drowning during his first attempt at surfing. We meet Tyler. Yay. Uh, she's a pixie. Yes. Uh, she's a little thing. Uh, is that a New Jersey accent she got? I don't know. She's uh, she's pretty harsh. I try to like ignore in the beginning because she's so mean to Utah. She makes it seem like surfing is like end all, be all, life and death. And that's okay for people. There's a lot of people out there that whatever they're interested into makes it seem life and death. You're going to get yourself killed out here. Yeah. But it's you like could, though. But if I went on a baseball field, you wouldn't be like, you're going to die out here. If you mm. went with a bunch of kayakers like Boyd talked about on the last show, are they going to make it seem like it's life and death? Yes. In the end, all be all. No, they will. But it, you, <laughs> that's a that's a that's something you. Well, okay, you can die in surfing too. I guess I can't. Sh <laughs> <laughs> he just hates it when I'm right. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> 
Uh, Keanu Reeves was already an accomplished surfer before filming this movie, and he said the hardest thing to do was to pretend as if he could not surf. I bet. Which I bet, because it's all muscle memory, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm trying to think, and I don't even ride a bike often. Like, I own one. I'm trying to think if I could pretend to not know how to ride a bike. Yeah. I, I don't think, think I could. Because, like, at some point, your body, I'm sure, just checks in and says, like, you're, like, you just prevent yourself from falling at all costs. Yeah. And you just automatically adjust. So I bet that would be hard. Yeah. Uh, through Tyler, uh, he meets Bodie, the charismatic leader of a gang of surfers consisting of Roach, Gromit, and Nathaniel. Bodie Sattva. Yes. Yeah. Short for Bodie Sattva, right? Yeah. Well, that's what they call him. That's his other nickname. Okay. Uh, and I think Boyd has something to say about the Bodie Sattva. I, I don't know the spiritual sh- stuff in this movie at all. I, I don't get it. But I think that's a Hindu. Is it? I believe it's Hindu. So it's like the entire movie, like you go through it and you realize that like Bodhi isn't just like a bank robber. He's just like trying to find like the bigger meaning to like the rush and the bigger meaning to the surf. Mm-hmm. And so he's very much just like philosophical guy, but <clears throat> continues just like to seek more and more and more. In in Buddhism, oh, Bodhisattva Buddhism. is the Sanskrit that. term for anyone who has generated Bodhikita. A spontaneous wish and compassionate mind to attain Buddhahood for the benefit of sentient be- beings. Bodhavistas are popular subjects in Buddhist art. I read a book on Buddhism. I should have remembered that. Chalk up another victory for the human spirit. There you go. They're people who have learned how to control their spontaneous wish and have a compassionate mind for others. Like you. Yeah, but I made fun of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the groups, the group are initially wary of Utah, but accept him when Bodie recognizes him as the former college football star. Uh, they were playing football. Still Ohio State. He's going to QB it. Doesn't matter. Still Ohio State. Here's, here's the best part about this. How is he Johnny Utah and he didn't go to the University of Utah? That bugged me the whole time I saw this movie <laughs> that, that recently. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Why Ohio State? Because then we would be talking about it. would be like, oh, they called him Johnny Utah, and he went to Utah. And then we would have something else to complain about. That <laughs> would one Johnny thousand. OSU. Yeah, th- at that point, we would be complaining about something else. Um, but every time I watch this movie now, I just think, this movie would have lasted 30 minutes today because they would have just Googled Johnny Utah or looked him up on Instagram and they would have seen, oh, his LinkedIn profile says he's a trainee. Yeah. And he's yeah. now a police officer. Like this movie, I don't know if this movie can truly be made today. It would I mean, I don't know how they did in the twenty fifteen one. Well, it was made. It was called The Fast and the Furious. Oh, okay. This is the same plot. It is. It's yeah. the exact same plot as it was Fast first. And Furious. <laughs> this is the this is the Godfather. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Okay, so as he masters the art of surfing, Utah finds himself increasingly drawn to the surfer's adrenaline-charged lifestyle, even using some of their vernacular. Whoa. (laughs) They're called babes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's doing that. He's he's into Bodhi's philosophies and, of course, Tyler. Hell yeah. (laughs) I give her credit for why I like short hair. That's it? Yep. I've always sort of liked short hair, and I wonder if it went back to Point Break. That is called a pixie cut, right? Well, Point, yeah, point yeah, Break yeah. or Jamie Lee Curtis, because I saw a lot of Jamie Lee Curtis in the 80s, too, and she yeah, always had short hair. Yes. So between Point Break and this. she's a, And I'm going to say this later. She's one of my, I think she's in my top three, which is she's one of the most unassuming attractive, fema- attractive females in an action movie ever. 
Yep. Right, yeah, I can like see that. you oh, never. She's, she's independent and she's strong. She's a good female character. Oh, she's a bit of a badass when she pulls the gun on the guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I maybe you can maybe this goes back to it being a female director, but like they do such a good job at just what they should have done in Jurassic World two with the veterinarian. They mm-hmm. shouldn't have tried to doctor her up as a 22-year-old, 23-year-old. Yeah. Let the character speak for itself. And I think maybe it was having a female director direct Tyler's character. It says, like, just be you. Be as you would if you were a confident female surfer in California and go with it. Because they didn't, like, over-sexualize her at all. No. Like, the, the but most... But that's always been Cameron's MO. Cameron's never done that. Cameron yeah. has always been like, no, I'm going to make my woman powerful. Right. And like, the <laughs> most they do is like when she's changing at the very beginning of the movie. But other than that, like, mm-hmm. there's really, like, nothing in which maybe that, like, leads to it. Like, it's just you get to know the character for the character and you're not being distracted by anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're not trying to, like, fluff anything at you and fool you as a dumb ape. <laughs> Following a clue retrieved by analyzing toxins found in the hair of one of the bank robbers, Utah and Pappas lead an FBI raid on another gang of surfers, resulting in the deaths of two of them. Despite their criminal records, these surfers turn out to be to not be the ex-presidents, and the raid inadvertently ruins a DEA undercover operation. I love watching them on the beach cutting people's hair. Yeah. <laughs> I just saved your life, bro. <laughs> Dude, what do you say? Like, you got a mo- It was, he was, I couldn't hear what he said. You got a something on your neck. He just ripped the hair it's, out. He says, like, a monster or something. <laughs> I saved you, bro. <laughs> uh, and, okay. So, watching Bodie's group surfing, Utah begins to suspect that they are the ex presidents, noting how close a group they are and the way one of them moons everyone in the same manner one of the robbers does when he's leaving the bank. Okay. <laughs> Tied it together, I guess. Uh, Utah and Pappas stake out a bank, and the ex-presidents appear. Ta-da! While wearing a Reagan mask, the gang leader, implied to be Bodie, leads Utah on a foot chase through the neighborhood, which ends when Utah causes an old knee injury to flare up again after jumping into an aqueduct. Oh! And we get arguably the most iconic shot of this whole movie. Yep. Despite having a clear shot, Utah does not shoot. Instead, he unloads his his gun into the air with every bullet screaming wildly. <laughs> uh, if, if you guys have seen Hot Fuzz, right? I have actually not seen Hot Fuzz. Okay, nope. I've I, heard great things about it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, there's a scene at the very beginning where he asks the, Nick Frost, asks Simon Pegg, you know, have you ever shot your gun in the air and just like ah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, no, I've never done that. And then at the end, he ends up doing it. It's yeah. like, I totally get it now. <laughs> that was in the trailer, I think. Yeah. Uh, let's see. At a campfire that night, it is confirmed that Bodie and his gang are the ex-presidents. Tyler discovers Utah's FBI badge and angrily terminates the relationship. Good choice of words. Terminate. Terminate. Cameron. Terminate. How about that? Oh. Yeah. Uh, I always... I, I don't know why, but there's always that fear if I wake up that somebody's got a gun pointed at me after all. Like, I remember seeing in Goodfellas. It was in Goodfellas. It's in yeah, this yeah, movie. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those, like, things you don't want to wake up to. Yeah, a pistol pointed never. at your face. Yes. Uh, shortly afterwards, Bodie aggressively recruits Utah into going skydiving with the group, and he accepts. After the jump, Bodie reveals that he knows Utah is an FBI agent and has arranged for his friend Rosie, a non-surfing thug, to hold Tyler hostage. Wow, this got dark real fast. Yeah, super fast. <laughs> this hit a cliff fast. You, and this is like a part like, where they show the hostage video. Yeah. And I'll, like, I'll talk about it later. This was a very 1991, like, 
grudge scene movie. Like everyone had like the long hair, the videos were very grainy, everything was kind of dark. Mm-hmm. Like this this shot alone like reminds me of like a Nirvana music video. <laughs> That's very true. But is it out of nowhere because the whole time we've been led to believe that these guys are close knit, they only let you see so much and when you really think of all the cop shows that you watch today, and my wife watches a fair bit of them, so like I feel like there's been lots of scenes in different cop shows and different cop films where like they show an aspect of their personality that they never and be like, oh, that I'm like, did it really, or is it just you have to realize there's other facets? If these people are willing to do all of this stuff, are you really that surprised they're willing to up it to like kidnapping? I think I think I was surprised. Simply because they were so good at doing what they did in just like ninety seconds, like, and they they weren't going for the big risk. This is a big risk. Yeah. And well, but then you find out later that the reason they went for a big risk was because they kind of wanted it to. Yeah. Suicide by cop. Right. Well, you're t- suicide by wave, depending on how you look at it. Well, uh, spoiler alert: Johnny OSU is thus blackmailed into participating. Blackmailed, black, Blake, black, 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 black. <laughs> That's all, folks. Utah is thus blackmailed into participating in the ex-president's last bank robbery of the summer. As a result, Gromit, along with an off-duty police officer and a bank guard, who both attempt to foil the robbery, are killed. Outraged by Gromit's death, Bodie knocks Utah out and leaves the scene. And. Uh, now we get all the cops come in, and you see he's all in. He's in his what do you call him? Handcuffs. Yep. And it seems like listen, you killed this person. You killed it. We'll take the handcuffs off. This is my first where I was like, eh, they wouldn't do that. <laughs> they they wouldn't do that. Nope. But is this where Pappas knocks out John C. McGinley? And see, maybe I'm misremembering the scene. They don't just let him go. I thought Pappas let him go after, like, they wanted to arrest Utah and, like, take him away and everything. Pappas knocks the guy out, and then Pappas lets him go because he trusts his partner. So I don't think it was so much like, oh, he just shot this guy and they let him go. I think everybody else wanted to throw Utah down a hole. Yeah. I think Pappas was the one that was like, you follow your lead. You follow your gut. And that's more, like, Heck, you get that in Batman all the time. Batman all the time does stuff, and you're like, really? You're just going to let him like walk away? Yeah, because it's Batman. <laughs> so, <laughs> Batman's fictional. This is fiction, too. I know. But <laughs> well, go on. This with is a your documentary. Point. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Defying their senior officer who arrests Utah for armed robbery, Pappas and Utah head to the airport where Bodie, Roach, and Nathaniel are about to leave for Mexico. During a shootout, Pappas and Nathaniel are killed, whereas Roach is seriously wounded. With Roach aboard, Bodie forces Utah onto the plane at gunpoint. Once airborne and over their intended drop zone, Bodie and Roach put on their parachutes and jump from the plane, leaving Utah to take the blame again. I hate Roach, by the way. He's hands on my <laughs> least favorite character in the entire movie. He was whiny as hell. I hate him. Stupid face, too. <laughs> it's, it's face again. I'm, I'm dying, man. I'm dying. <laughs> Uh, I'm getting cold. I'm getting cold. Good. That's because you're dying. Yeah. The blood's <laughs> leaving your body. With no other parachutes available, Utah jumped from the plane with Bodie's gun and intercepts him. After landing safely, Utah's knee gives out again, allowing Bodie to escape Utah's grasp. This guy has a quick recovery time with that knee. Yeah, really. Well, you don't need <laughs> your leg for, you know, 
floating, free falling in space, right? But at one point, didn't he have it wrapped up? And then, like the next scene, he's walking fine again. Oh yeah, that. Well, these <laughs> movies were made before the internet trolls were out there to like call all the directors on their. <laughs> Uh, that is a good point. This was pre-internet troll. Yes. I like that. Wait, am I being called a troll right now for pointing this out? No, no, no. Have you? No, no. <laughs> Have you it. ever? He did it. No, no, no. Have you ever gone to like the website or whatever of the director or like emailed them complaining oh, about no. continuity or anything like that? No, that is where you get into tr- troll region. No, they're not going to listen to me. No, exactly. Unless you're Lord of the Rings and the trolls are supposed to be there because they enough. were in the book. Troll in the Dungeon. You mean Hobbit? Yeah. Trolls in the, the Dungeon. There's Trolls in Lord of the Rings, too. Oh, Cave Trolls. Talk yeah. about Harry Potter. Or that, too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're the bankers, right? Oh, those are goblins. No, those are... It's Twilight. Come on, man. It's, it's Twilight, the one with the little wizard boy. Twilight has... No, Twilight's got the, the Vulcans. That's her. Yeah. yeah. That's the I Vulcans. And the Jedi. Yes. And if you're a half Vulcan, half Jedi, you Join may be a Sith. next week for Lost in Space. <laughs> Bodie meets with Rosie and releases Tyler, who reunites with Utah. Roach, Roach, Roach dies of his wounds, and Bodie and Rosie leave Good. with the money. Nine months later, dun, dun, dun. the term of a gestating child, Utah tracks Bodie. <laughs> Interesting. At Bell's Beach in Victoria, Australia, where a record storm is producing lethal waves. This is an event Bodie had talked about experiencing, calling it the 50-year storm. Utah attempts to bring Bodie into custody, but Bodie refuses. During a brawl in the surf, Utah manages to handcuff himself to Bodie, who begs Utah to release him so he can ride that once-in-a-lifetime wave. Only live to get radical. <laughs> no. <laughs> Knowing Bodie will not come back alive, Utah releases him, bids him farewell, and sees him step towards the wave. While the authorities watch Bodie surf to his death, Utah walks away, throwing his FBI badge into the ocean. Which was so cool in the 90s. (laughs) So awesome. And now everybody makes fun of it. But again, it was cool back then. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff that was like super cool in the 90s when this came out. I don't know if it was just because I was like a kid. No. And I just ate it up. I I 100% ate everything up in this movie. And because I saw it as a kid, I'm like, this is how you act when you're an adult. This will be awesome. This will be amazing. You know what? Like, I feel like 15 years from now, we're going to watch The Dark Knight or something like that. We'll be like, that's so stupid. Stupid! I can't believe they put that in there. <laughs> like a movie that we like, we just praise. Like, why did we think Heath Ledger was good? Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not no, gonna no. do that because he's really good. Plus, he died because of how good he was. Was really oh, good. Everybody dies. Past tense. Uh, so hey, the movie's over. Were you entertained, Joel? Oh yeah. Uh, yes, every oh, time. Oh yeah, do we every, need to give. Oh, you, it's so good. Literally, do you, do you need time. a napkin <laughs> or Sam no, or, no, or, no, or a cloth or something? No, I'll be fine. We, um, we need Sam's. Oh, it's so good. No, this movie entertains me every single time I watch it. Really? Yes, I've never regretted starting this movie. Daisy, how about you? Yes, I enjoy it every time I see it. Keanu is at his best. At his best? At his best. At his best. <laughs> <laughs> I take the skin off chicken, sir. <laughs> You guys mock all you want. I love Keanu Reeves in this movie. I think he's fantastic. Would you put this in his top five movies of all time? Yes. Well, have- hands down. I think he's better than The Matrix. I think he's better in this than The Matrix. What about Bill and Ted? Never seen it. Never saw it. I I have to stop making expressions because you can't hear them over the damn mic. All right. Was I entertained? What about John Wick? I Never oh, seen John it. Constantine? I haven't either. Constantine. I've never seen it. Well, that's why. <laughs> Hardball. You've seen two movies. 
You seen See Hardball? It? No. Oh, is that because you teach at a private school and it's not public? Is that why you haven't watched Hardball? <laughs> you teach at a public school. <laughs> yeah, I or did. Private school. <laughs> yeah, I did it one time. Back when I watched Hardball, I was going to teach inner city. <laughs> I have no idea what Hardball is. What? No, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was, you know, Speed. Oh, I've seen Speed. Speed two. Again. He's better. He's better in Point Break. Than oh. speed. He's uh, see. I like the replacements, but again, he's better in Point Break. <laughs> I think. Well, I nah, can't. Like, <laughs> you're I, seeing things, man. I love. I love him in Point Break, but I think that Shane Falco is probably his best character. How about this? Can we him. all agree that this movie is a mile marker for Keanu Reeves? Oh yeah, and that it's a standout moment amongst other movies. Oh, it's but a great every movie. other movie that people say, oh, is great be- about Keanu Reeves, he's playing the character he played in Point Break. Which so that s- makes Point Break the original, no, the magnum he's opus. The, he's playing Ted from Bill and Ted. I've never. Well, how would I know that if I've never seen the movie? I know. What about when he plays himself in the movie Keanu? <laughs> <laughs> That's Never. a Jordan Peele movie about the cat, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just see that he's in it. I'm assuming he's playing himself. Well, was I entertained? Yeah, I was entertained. Yeah, Joe. It's entertaining. It, I was I was I was happy spending $3.99 on this on uh Comcast today. <gasps> okay. Oh, awesome. Go to go to McKay's, even though they don't give us any money because they don't listen to the show yet. Well, I was gonna borrow it from you actually, but oh, I figured, well, you're gonna be at work. I can't get it from you today. Oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, I was at work. Yeah. Uh <laughs> did the awards get it right? No. Well, they got no Academy Award nominations, no Golden Globe, and no Saturn Award. Wait, when did the Saturn Awards start? I want to say the 70s. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, today, today, this movie probably would have gotten a Golden Globe nomination. I was going to say it should have gotten a Golden Globe, yeah. but they were stuffy hoity-toities back then. Hoity-toities. Yeah. They were trying to be the Academy Awards. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix me. Netflix me. <laughs> Oh, All right. Kindle my boyfriend. On to our next segment titled Top Three, Bottom Three. This is where we talk about the three things we want to highlight in this movie, and then we go over the three things that are bad, unforgivable, or downright travesties. Let's start with the top three. Joel, what are your top three for this movie? What do you want to highlight? Um, my number three is Patrick Swayze. I think that now as I'm an adult and I'm really reading more into Swayze's character, it's a great character than the battle between, like, I love the scene where he's like, I hate all this stuff, man. He's like, I hate the violence. I hate the killing. He's like, <laughs> but there's like, I don't know. I love his character. And for someone that didn't really start watching Swayze movies until like the last year or so, um, I really enjoyed his character. The thing that I always remembered about this movie was the ex-presidents. And they're my number two. Okay. I think that the ex-presidents are iconic. And I, I was watching with my roommate who was watching this movie for the first time this week. He had never seen Point Break. He had never. never seen Roadhouse. The only Swayze movie he had ever seen was, um, was The Outsiders. <laughs> we both said Ghost. No. <laughs> the Outsiders is a good movie. No, The Outsiders, because that was like the movie that they we had to read the book in school, and then we had to watch the movie. Yeah. Because um, a bar down the street is having a Patrick Swayze, the St. Patrick Swayze Day party, their second annual. And he's like, you know, I've never actually seen any movies, so we started watching them. And when the ex-presidents happen, he's like, you think that The Dark Knight stole this Stole like their shtick from this movie. I was like, I. You mean the w- masks that they wear at the beginning of the yeah. movie for the bank? Case? I was like, I would say they were influenced wearing suits and masked and masks for a bank robbery. On- the only difference was they went to the vault, and they weren't presidents. 
Um, like another movie that takes from this movie. Yeah, and it's like, and now I don't think they deliberately stole by any means. No, Dark Knight was, it, was fine it, enough as it is. There were chains along the way that inspired it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The butterfly effect. Um, and my number one, everything Gary Busey says. Like I, it's so sad that we couldn't just like go script for script on this review, because Gary Busey is hands down the best part of this movie. Utah. Utah. Give me two. Two. <laughs> Gosh, I love him laughing at the comics when he's reading them. He's the best. <laughs> it was like when he runs up to him on the beach after he gets in that fight with uh, Bodhi and yeah. uh, Warchild. When like when he improvises the whole like I'm looking for a kid, yeah, like I'm looking for my kid or my wife or whatever he says. And he's like, I like that shirt. <laughs> like, I don't know. He just messes with him. His character hands out like. I think that the reason I keep watching this movie over and over again is because of Gary Busey. It used to be Keanu Reeves. Now it's Gary Busey. And my t- number one honorable mention... To remember that he was amazing before he went crazy? I haven't talked to him since. Um, <laughs> so I can't really say. Um, honorable mention, yeah. my favorite part about this movie is that they played it during every rain delay for the Braves games on TBS or Turner South. <laughs> really which, is how, which is how I watched like, it so much as a kid. Because there'd be like rain on the field, they'd be pulling the tarps out, and then they'd be like, all right, let's cut to the opening scene in the rain of Point Break. <laughs> and you would just sit and you would watch Point Break and it would cut it off halfway through. And you're like, oh, the baseball game's back on. And so like, I don't know how many times I saw uh, the Jackal with Jack Black. Yeah. And um, yeah, right. Jack Black gets shot in the subway. And um, I don't think I've seen this movie. It's, You've never seen The Jackal with Bruce Willis? Oh, Bruce Willis, Richard Gere. That's a good movie. Oh, I think I saw it on a, I, oh, I saw it on a bus ride, and it's I couldn't so hear a damn good. thing. And oh, here's the thing. It's so good. I'm curious if it is really that good, or if it's because they would always play that in Point Break during Rain Delays. No, because I, I bought it recently since we watched or moved to Nashville, because I had it in Pennsylvania. I used to love it. And then, yeah, so I've watched it at least for the last two or three years, and it's still good. So it's that fart noise. Can't say that if you've never seen it. Um, I know. <laughs> it's Bruce Willis with bleached hair, right? Um, but no. That did throw me for a bit. Like the, first the fact that this was the movie, like everyone has the TV movies that they watch whenever they come on. And this was one of them for me because like you never knew if you were going to get to watch the whole thing or not. So you yeah. just watched it as long as you could. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, and the Braves are starting now at 5.04. Okay. Now, Joel, Sunday. I, I have a question. And please don't take offense to this. Do you remember getting TV guides? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I remember being sick and sitting at my grandparents' house and looking at the TV guide and trying to just and that that's when I memorized that um, uh, the Price is Right comes on at eleven Eastern. <laughs> that like I would plan my entire sick days based on the TV guide. I would go like what overlapped and what was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I love TV guide. All right, JC. What are your top three? My top three. Number three. The dialogue. I think it's a very quotable movie. I love it. It's getting cold. The sense of wonder. And this is what I mean by the sense of wonder. I thought it was amazing everything they did. When I saw this, I wanted to surf. When I saw them skydive, I wanted to skydive. Like, I was young. I wasn't scared of heights yet. I didn't have an amygdala in the front of my head that had developed. (laughs) (laughs) Something wrong with this medulla oblongata. (laughs) Number one, go. And number one, Patrick and Keanu together. I mean, they work on the screen. They're really good together, and I think their scenes steal the show outside of maybe Gary Busey. That was a good point, Joel. But I love those two on screen. (laughs) Thank you. It was a good point. Uh, Okay, my number three, and JC's going to leave us here. So, uh, JC, thank you for joining us. I'll see you. Catch you all next time. All right. Sounds like a plan, buddy. Uh, Good luck with the dog. (laughs) 
All right. For me, my number three, the surfing scenes are clearly shot with care. Yeah. Uh, when they're in the water, it's almost a different movie. Uh, and at times it feels like it sometimes. You're like, why can't I just watch this? Yeah. You know? Uh, number two, Lori Petty. I said it earlier. She may be the most unassuming action movie babe of all time. Uh, she's up there. She's up there, yeah. And my number one, the ex-president's robberies by 1991 standards, totally plausible. Mm. Totally plausible. Today, there's been some advancements in banking that make this idea obsolete now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one, buddy. Bye, Jay. All right. On to the bottom three. Time to vent. Joel, what are your bottom three? Um, some Johnny Utah dialogue is like very quarterback punk. <laughs> like the fact that he just steps right into his brand new job. And and like it, it's funny, mm-hmm. but it's at the beginning. I'm not sure if it's a serious movie, if it's a funny movie. And I think that's kind of like the the shtick through the whole thing. Like it's there's a lot of comic relief in an action movie. Yes. Um, but like it's still below Rush Hour. Like Rush Hour is a comedy with action. This is an action with comedy. Yeah. Um, I mean like when like he immediately says like i take the chin off, i take the skin off chicken sir and then like shoves a donut in his face he's like i love these things it's like but also the police chief was just like we don't tolerate this stuff around here son we don't tolerate sugar and this and this and they're like well today but we brought donuts and that part i was like huh that that part's always bothered me because i'm like then why do you have him in the office and also if you're like the very first like if you're meeting your boss for the first time mm-hmm. You're not going to start shoving donuts in your mouth and acting like you've been there for 15 years. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of funny because this movie had you know uncredited James Cameron as a writer on it, mm. and I don't think there's a James Cameron movie out there where I could say, "Wow, I love the dialogue in this movie." Yeah, like Aliens is quotable, but the dialogue is herky jerky. Mm. <laughs> okay, what else you got? My number two, um, we're. Were we supposed to be surprised that Bodie was the bad guy? I don't. Okay. Because at the beginning, they're like, oh, yeah, let's go after War Child. And look, he befriended this other surfer that's going to have his back. Psych. Bodie's the bad guy. And I don't remember a time in my life where I was surprised by that. I think it would have been a fantastic twist if they arrested Bodie and then there was another ex president robbery. And it turned out it wasn't him. Ooh. That and then you have from that point, then you have the hostage moment. Yeah. Because you've just ticked him off and now you're gonna see how dark he can get. Yeah. I think that would be a cool twist. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. So it's like I don't know, like yeah, they could have done more if only if Bodie being the bad guy was really actually supposed to be a surprise. Yeah. Um and number one, my least favorite, you used it as the intro music. The scene where Warchild and his crew are surrounding Utah. Yeah. <laughs> Like I think, I don't know. I just feel I. I think it's the way that it's shot makes me super uncomfortable. Where it's, it's like the first person you're from Keanu's viewpoint. It feels it's claustrophobic. Like, yes, yeah. It's like very uncomfortably close to their faces, and I don't know. Like that, I just hate that whole scene. I've never liked it. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's a bad scene. It just means that I could do without it every time. But it also means that it was pretty pretty well shot. I think that was the whole point of that shooting was. He's surrounded, and you're going to feel how close these guys are right now, so you feel the uncomfortableness yeah. also. <laughs> I hate it. Um, you want me to read JC's? Yeah, you want to do JC's? JC's. Right. Bo- JC's number three. My bottom three. Um, <laughs> that it's dated. It's good to me, but other people might hate it. Oh, look at that. Thank you, JC. My number two. <laughs> realizing the actual movie was different from the TV version. <laughs> 
I did not you read. Gotta read this. I gotta did read not it. read ahead. Titties were in the movie. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. So JC didn't know that they put titties in this movie. He did not know that this was uh, breasttacular. Yeah. And <laughs> now he's gonna love Roadhouse. Then. Um, oh yes. <laughs> number one. Um. Yeah. They made a remake, and it was not as good as the original. No. So Zeldamar. Yeah. So apparently. The remake sucked. Yeah, yeah. I never watched it. Um, and just, now, listen, just listen to the show with me and Boyd. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm not JC anymore. Joe. Hey, that's me. What are your bot? What's your bottom three? All right. My number three. The dialogue of this movie is bad. <laughs> it is antiquated. It is. Johnny Utah's monologue with Tyler Endicott about why he wants to surf is oozing yeah. 90s heartthrob. Yeah. Unfortunately, this has been so many times in later movies that it comes off as completely cheesy now. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two, this movie is all about defining the macho man. And seriously, two hours of machismo? I don't think so. I can't deal with it. But my number one, the overacting in this movie is so hard to watch. Yeah. And it's sometimes unbearable. And I think like that's like with that scene that I was talking about, it's like the, you can tell like this guy's delivering his line of the movie. Yep. No, you're right. Those are actually those are three very good points. Well, thank you. Uh, now we're onto our critics rating. We use an A to F scale here on the Movie Planet. A C is considered average. A and A is the highest, and an F is the lowest. If the movie is so bad, it receives Fs from all the hosts. It goes to a new category of the Movie Planet: the Movie Planet Global Killer, a category of movie where you can watch it ironically and have an amazing time at how bad it is. Which that may be when we, you and I will have to grade at some point when he's not here. Because yeah. I don't think he'll ever grade a movie in F. Yeah, probably not. Unless we purposely I don't choose know, like, one that is really it's bad. it's going to be a movie that I hate to give it an F because I've I think I gave like my first D a couple weeks weeks ago. Oh, it was Jurassic Park. Yeah, it was Jurassic World two. Fallen, it was Fallen Kingdom. Was Fallen it? Kingdom? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, oh, did you give a grade for Jurassic Park? I haven't watched it yet. Okay, okay. I watched. I got on the Patrick Swayze kick instead. JC gives this movie a B. Yes, he does. He gave it a B after finding out what we were going to give it because he well, wanted to skew the results. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't tell him what I was going to give it, um, but I did tell him to give it a B instead of a B minus. Okay. So, Thank Joel, what is your grade? Um, this movie, like when you really break it down, is pretty iconic. Oh yeah. Um, we've just evolved. Like we've just evolved since. Um, it's clear that this was made during the grunge scene of the 90s and that we are no longer in that era. People do not act like this anymore. Nope. Uh, but I still don't think that this is like a timepiece. I think that you watch this and like, oh, this is a different part of the country. This is West. California. Yeah, this is like West Coast bro place. Yeah. Um, I think that it's more than the timepiece. Um, you know, I talked about earlier about how my roommate was like noticing small things that have been used in other movies. Like the way the robberies were done, with the way the masks were used, it's tough. Um, I do think if we were grading this in 1991, I would give it a much higher grade. Um, and it, I keep going back and forth between a few grades because, like, I do think like it's it's better than an average movie. Yes. Um, Sometimes. but there, <laughs> yeah. But there are things that hold it back. Like I, as much as like I truly, truly want to give it a B minus. Yeah. Because in my mind, I'm like, this is an above average movie. Like this movie is above average. But like when I, like if I totally take nostalgia out of it and totally take all of my like positive past feelings about it, I think it, it's a C plus maybe. Um, okay. In my heart, I I love this movie. 
This is like a, this is an A for me. I've one of the it's one of the few movies that I've bought on Blu-ray. Yeah, just for like pure nostalgia purposes. Um, I think I have to give it a C plus. Like it's it still withstands you know the time that it was in. Right. But there are flaws. Like there are there are things with the skydiving where they're having like full conversations in the air that never would have happened. Yes. There <laughs> are times where like you really have to just. It it is full it is full on like entertainment. You can't at no point in this movie can you ask, would this actually happen? Yes. Because there's so many things in this movie, it's like they would never happen. Like the fights in the front yard. Someone would have broken up that fight in the front yard. <laughs> in a second, yes. Like there <laughs> Keanu Reeves' face never would have been held to the lawnmower. Um the police would have done something. Like, literally, it would have done something. There were 28 bank robberies. The FBI has been on it 28. Ba- they haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> I, and I, again, I so badly want to give it like a B, B minus. But if I'm going to judge it like I've judged every other movie, yes. I'm going to have to say, like, there are holes. Um, I personally don't care about the holes. Do you think that kids today could enjoy this movie? Um. The Fast and the Furious generation could they could they be into this movie? Man, um, I would say like twenty percent of them. Twenty percent of them. Thirty percent. Yeah, because like there's a student that you know, Mm -hmm. um, and she's really gotten into the eighties stuff. Uh huh. And she came in. She was like, "I watched Point Break." I was like, (laughs) "Yes." She's like, "And now I'm going to watch Roadhouse." I said, "No, you're not. No, don't do that one. I said, "Don't do it. (laughs) Start with something else." Um, Wow. But, like, there are kids that do enjoy this. Yeah. But I also think that, like, to make a movie, na- any, to make any movie that this generation enjoys, it would be tough because they like some true garbage. Yeah. But what about you? So, so me, JCB, yep. me, C+. Yep. And, what about uh, you? Okay, well, this may be one of the most revered action movies of the 90s. Uh, I, if you go on any list, it, even though it was early 90s, it ends up in the top 10 of, like, top 25 lists and stuff. And I have to sit there going, is it because of nostalgia? I don't know. Uh, It has since been improved upon. uh, And because of that, it has been rendered a movie of the time instead of an all-time movie. If you want to see one of the starting points of the modern action movie, yes, this is one of them. But it's not the influence on action. It's the movie's influence on the drama between the action Mm -hmm. in the newer movies. Die Hard impacted the action part of it. I think this movie impacts all the drama in between the action. That is, I guess, I think that's the hallmark of this movie because they do spend so much time carefully with the surfing, with the skydiving. All the shots that have to do before any action happens or during any or uh, post-action are done with a lot of care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the Fast and the Furious took this movie and improved on it. Yeah. They did. I, and if you like the first couple of Fast and the Furious movies, you should probably see this at some point to see where the story came from. The acting is bad. <laughs> the dialogue is bad. The plot feels like you're watching a game of Pong. Sometimes it's all the surfing. Sometimes it's all the bank robberies. But it never combines them. It's like the movie was written by two different writers in two different rooms, and they just decided to cut and paste their scripts into one movie. And, yeah, it may be nostalgia, but I, I can't give this a failing grade. Mm-hmm. And it's not even D-level. It's not that. It's really an average movie. I think, by today's standards. So for that reason, I'm going to give this movie a solid C. Now, again, that is with my critic's hat on. Mm -hmm. 
Now, if we visit the list of movies, we had a, a B, a C plus, a C. This is a straight C plus. It is now number four in the list. Yeah, it's, it's on the Mount Rushmore. It's in between Live Free or Die Hard and Die Hard 2. It's above Die Hard 2, at least, so we know where the line is. The point break line, we're going to call it. Uh, now, let's take our hats off. Do you love this movie? As a fan, do you love this movie? Do you like this movie? Or none of the above? Oh, I love this movie. <laughs> uh, this is this is one of my favorite movies like of childhood. Again, the one I always watched when it was on TV. This is, and it's a lot of Swayze movies, I mm -hmm. feel like. Uh, Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing's great. Ghost is great. Uh, but like this and Roadhouse. I was going to say, um, you back to back those and in the evening, you're oh having a good gosh. night. We had, we watched those <laughs> in two back to back nights. Yeah. It was so much fun. And like, these are what you and I have referred to as like must sees. Like mm -hmm. they are C movies that everyone should watch. Yes. Like, and you don't watch it with your critics hat on the mm -hmm. first time. Just watch it to have fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love it. JC said he loved it. Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah. What about you? Uh, I like it. I, I, I like it. Uh, when it, And I think maybe it's because I've been jaded by so many newer action movies and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure that that is why. And when it first came out, I loved it. Uh, this is like an MTV Movie Award darling. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when they were doing movies beyond Twilight. Uh, <laughs> but as time has dated this movie, despite all the things I've complained about, I don't hate it. I, I still like it. Yeah. I still like I still enjoyed it today when I was watching. I was like, <laughs> and you know what? This, this is one of those movies where we talked about this on a previous show. Movies that it's okay to have your phone out for. You can have your phone out for this one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So if you're worried about you know giving your attention to this, you don't need to give all your attention to it. You no. can text your friend and all that stuff, and but just make sure that you you really pay attention to Keanu's stellar acting, like JC loves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's that, that's it right there. Do you so, want me to be JC? Uh, do you want to close us or out? Wait, is that you? No, that's you can JC. close us. Sure. If you want let me let me get the music going here. Play me the music. Heart of the sea, baby. Ooh. Yeah. Get it on, baby. Well, that's all we've got time for today, Movie Planeteers. <laughs> Next week, we'll be taking a break. Then we will be reviewing Caddyshack, the greatest movie of all time. And it's actually going to be a previous show that we did before. Yes. We're, we're personally taking a break, but we are giving you a show, the Caddyshack show for the, the movie playground that we did. Yes. Um, so if you have any suggestions for movies that you would like us to review, you can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to pass the word on to your friends about the show. Subscribe on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, Google Play, what? Podbean, what, what? Spotify, okay. and help the show get on its feet with a four or five star review. We've already got two of them now. Ooh. Yeah. Tweet us with any questions, comments, theories, and then we will try to jam them or fit them into the discussion for the show next time. Um, send those tweets to at Movie Playground. Sorry. At. <laughs> sorry. Old habits die hard. Muscle memory. Send those tweets to at Movie Planet Pod. And like us on Facebook and Instagram using the links in the show notes. Special thanks to Twisterium and Sound J Music. Sound J <laughs> for providing our intro music. Thanks for listening and happy. Wait, thanks for listening to the Movie Planet <laughs> podcast and happy movie watching. Happy movie watching. Bye, Steve. We're out. <laughs>